Hello everyone, I'm Jack Tracy, and thank you so much for joining me from beautiful Hermosa Beach, California, for another episode of Real Talk with Jack Tracy. I'm here in my adopted hometown, where I like to say the ocean view is beautiful, the city is beautiful, the people are beautiful, and even the little bugs are beautiful, if you can find any. It's much the same all around the South Bay. Say, today I am excited to have you listen to my conversation with the remarkable duo Andy Hill and Renee Safier, better known around the South Bay as Andy and Renee. Now, if you enjoy the music of Bob Dylan, Springsteen, Bonnie Raith, Elton John, then you will love the music that Andy and Renee create along with their band, Hard Rain. They have 11 CDs, and for more than 20 years, their Dylan Fest, an all-day music festival at Pollywog Park in Manhattan Beach, simply defines the park each year for hundreds of their fans. Now, those are things that you can find on their Facebook page or on their website, andyandrenee.com. But the real beauty is in the wonderful nature of Andy and Renee and the like-minded community that has grown up around them. Take a listen. Hey, Jack. <laughs> Hi. My goodness, this sounds like success. Do, do I have Renee Safier? <laughs> you do. You is do. That, did I say your name properly? Safier, yeah. Okay, cool. Congratulations. <laughs> Tell me, congratulations, how so? Well, in pronouncing it correctly, oh. it often does not get pronounced <laughs> I imagine that's true. I imagine that's true. I've thought about it many times as I've read your name, and I've said to myself, now, how is that pronounced? Safier, safire, safe, oh, oh, my goodness gracious. But I took yeah, a guess, exactly. and I guess I got it. <laughs> you got it right. Excellent. Very cool. So, so you, let me get Andy in on this, yeah? Okay. All right, excellent. This will be a first for me. I've never done a conference call like this, and so I'm wondering how this is going to work. Well, we'll see. And if it's it's unsatisfactory, then we can always... um, Well, it sounds terrific so far, so I'm thinking we're going to have a good time Yeah, so hopefully we'll... Yeah, so hold on a second. I'm not sure if you like your put on hold while I add him. No, no, no. However it works. Okay. Okay, hold on one second. Okay. And this works out just perfectly. So while we're on hold... Let's take a listen to Andy and Renee.
are you guys today? We're good. good. Yeah, I'm, I'm used to not being away from Andy on a day, but uh, today I haven't seen him. I imagine that's so. I guess that would be the first thing. But I mean, after I after I just have to thank you guys so much for agreeing to to speak with me. I I was thinking about it. You must have done scores and scores of interviews. And, you know, I mean, honestly, and to agree to come on with me today on, on my program, Real Talk with Jack Tracy, I appreciate it so much. I Thank you, really. Uh, oh, gosh. Glad, thanks for asking us. Thrilled. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. Say, um, let's see. The first thing I really would have to ask you guys about is, you know, the pandemic has come down upon us and everything and made everything difficult. But but how are you health-wise? I mean, you and your families, and are, you have no worries with respect to those things, I would hope? Uh, luckily, we've all been fine. You know, we've had a, a few friends who have uh, contracted the virus, but luckily, knock on wood, um, we're healthy and they have made it through fine. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just glad to we hear have a that. Couple of- yeah, and you know it's so scary. It's like you know you know, you never know. Every every move is sort of a calculated risk, right? It's true. And uh, so you're just kind of hoping that uh, your calculations are correct, <laughs> right? And uh, and that you're going to be okay. Yeah, right. but so far so good. We well, do have we have had some friends who have relatives, um, elderly relatives that um, have sadly. Uh, passed away because of the virus um but uh you know i think it hits that has hit death the the the, uh, mortality rate is certainly higher in older people which is unfortunate sure yeah those are those are some of the things that we're all looking at i'm just concerned for everyone you know that uh we all around us here in the south bay area and where we are that you know that we're um, able to say that things are going well for us, um, you know, and if not, then, you know, we might have a, a chance to support each other in those things and everything. But I appreciate it very yes. much. Yeah. So, um, Andy, I, I'm, I'm realizing that in this this format that I'm going to have to probably ask one question of one and one question of the other, perhaps. I don't know. But um, sure. I remember um, yeah. meeting you all, first of all, and I think it was in, in 2012, and you were playing at The Lounge uh, in Hermosa Beach. And so tell me about your relationship with The okay. Lounge and Hermosa Beach and, you know, how you guys got here and what's, what's your whole relationship with, with Hermosa Beach? Well, uh, Renee and I, we, Renee has lived in the South Bay since she moved here in late 85. And uh, I've been playing in the South Bay since that same time. Hmm. And um, so we found ourselves in and around Hermosa for all of our California life. And, um, and just in case you didn't know, Renee and I started playing together late 85 early 86 so um so let's see you went to the to the university of denver is that is that correct that started you guys met there at the university yeah. of denver i'm from colorado and so i have that yeah. interest you know how you made that yeah are you are you actually like were you, were you born in colorado well Jack? I grew up in Colorado. I am you know, second, third, fourth grade in Colorado, and then we moved around a little bit. So, uh-huh. but my family's still there, and in Denver, I lived you know, most of my growing up life there in Denver. Um, so, and my Very son cool. went to the University of Colorado. So, I have that connection, you know, too. And I'm just wondering how you made the the connection between Denver and the University of Colorado to here. We met each other just before we graduated. 
1982. And uh, uh, my girlfriend was a big fan of Renee's acoustic trio and took me out to see uh-huh. Renee play. And uh, they were generous enough to have me up on stage to sing a couple of songs. And, <laughs> and we really enjoyed each other's company. Renee's band went electric for the final big concert of the year. And so I played drums for them. And my Canadian friend who was visiting me played bass. And we did a show as a five-piece. And an unfortunate incident happened. I had lent them an acoustic guitar, and it got pulled off its stand and broke. Oh. And that was, uh, that was kind of a bad experience, but the good thing that it led to is that in order to raise money to replace it, we did two or three more shows on campus. And so in a very compressed period of time, Renee and I had a, a really deep musical connection. Cool. So we rehearsed a few, several times, and we did, I think, three or four shows. And, uh, and that was enough. And then we graduated. And I moved immediately back to Canada. And this was before the computer was invented. So <laughs> between, between 1982 and 1985, we stayed in touch, you know, using the mail. Oh. And uh, she was in a band in Denver, and I was in a band in Canada. That's where I'm from. And, um, you know, every six or eight months, we'd shoot each other a, a letter that usually consisted of, this is our set list, what's yours? Hmm. And uh, wouldn't it be fun to play together sometime? And when we when we both happened to move to Los Angeles independently of one another in the in the late part of 1985, and uh, we started playing together at that point, and and oh. we just got together to play to play a show, you know, one gig, and uh, here we are, 36 years later, however, 33. <laughs> one, one show was one show was just full of magic. I I expect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, look yeah, at what the magic sing, has produced. Uh, <laughs> I heard her sing Mustang Sally, and that was it for me. <laughs> That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's very that's cool. A lie. Well, I'm glad to know that. That's that's a really, really cool story. Um, I, it leads me all the way up to that time when I, I saw you, and, and I saw the magic, and I was just transfixed uh, by the work that you do, just like everyone else is. But um, let's talk, if we if we could, a little bit about you know how the pandemic has affected your work. You have a new album out, um, I think. Is that right? Fuse 32? Yeah, it's pretty new. And Tell yeah, me. you know, it was interesting when the, when the shutdown happened, um, Andy and I, you know, we had, we had done um, some online shows about 10 years ago for a company called Stage It, which is still around. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I had remembered that that time that you had to have some kind of like special cable so you could plug your mixing board into the computer. Oh. And so I was like, you know, do we still have that? And luckily <laughs> Andy never throws anything away. So <laughs> I thought the odds were fairly high that it would, you would still have it. And so um, our last uh, 
gig, which was a party we did on March 14th. And I looked it back in my records the other day. This is live music. You mean. On, right. right. And our first online show was March 19th, hmm. which, you know, I guess we just thought, well, you we just did it then, it right we can around. do it now. Yeah. Well, we, or at least we tried to. So, um, and we have been doing shows ever since, but those first month of shows, especially the first two, were, um, you know, incredibly poor quality when it came to the transmission of the video and audio to mm. the internet and to people's homes. And so we were really discouraged that it wasn't just as easy as, you know, setting up your laptop and playing, plugging in your board to your computer and playing some songs and having it right. sound and look great. <laughs> that, right. that was not the case. So it took um, a pretty intense period of at least a month or so to kind of troubleshoot, um, test different equipment, buy equipment, have it not work, you know, right. uh, scouring the internet. Right. Yeah, it's a lot of trial and error um, until we um, at least got acceptable sound. And then um, we've been, you know, trying to perfect it and the the video ever mm-hmm. since. No, I've bounced in and out of your your shows, your live shows, and I've seen them also and heard them improve. Just the way that you're saying, you all, you, you sound wonderful at any time. You know, even with it, you know, sometimes popping in and out. But you've done a number of shows as well, haven't you? I mean, up to like thirty or something like that, right? Yeah, it'll be our thirty sec. 33rd, I think, this coming, uh, what's today? Uh, Wednesday, yeah. So tomorrow will be our 33rd show, not including uh, the three days of Dylan Fest. Oh, right, right, exactly. Yeah, and right, and, yeah. and a, half a, dozen, a half a dozen other private things where an entity has, you know, somehow reached out to us and we've uh, sent a live stream to a country club or to a, a yacht club or to the Grand Vision uh, Foundation, things like that. Right. I can, and private, I can understand private Zoom parties, too, and, yeah. And private. So, so in, yeah. in essence, then, you really have been able to keep up, would you say, the, the pace, perhaps, that you were doing before the pandemic? Would you say that? Absolutely. Yeah, cool. absolutely. And it's a big... Well, something that I think is worth... Uh, here for for somebody to hear or to, to read this, um, a big concern, of course, was how how would you get paid? You right. know, we, this is how we made our living, and we we didn't know. And I all credit to Renee in those early days when we were making the uh, the switch over from losing all our shows to doing the the live streams, is we were so consumed with trying to learn the new technology, format, right? The, the, the technology that we didn't even bother thinking about how do we get paid for it? Hmm. And there are some platforms out there that to their credit have tried to build in some way for the audience or for the artist to be compensated. That's how stage it works. And, and there are others. And, um, we sort of, we didn't, we forgot about it. It wasn't on our radar. And our audience was so uh, happy 
<laughs> just to have some connection sure. that they used to have. Like this is the first time in history that the every audience member and every single performer is in the identical situation of having right. to be by themselves in their room and to have no competition from every other live sporting event, every other <laughs> concert, every other yeah. restaurant. A and, captive audience. And there's no way to say. calculate them. Yeah, and you, and you can't, like, we didn't sit there and think, oh, here's an opportunity or anything. I didn't even, never even thought about any of that stuff. All we were thinking about was how do we transmit the music over the computer? Right. And what we learned was that our audience was really, really happy to see and hear us, even though it sounded and looked bad. And <laughs> they, the first and they gave, people were so yeah. nice. And they tipped us, you know, yeah. keep going. That was, they weren't saying keep going, but that was how we took it. Sure. Is that yeah. there was something that we had that they wanted. And we kept, as Renee said, buying things, trying things, sound checking, do it again, do it again, do it again. <laughs> and and uh, they have, without ever charging for any of the shows mm. and just putting up our tip sign a couple of times a show, our audience has sustained us, and we we're getting by fine. That's too cool. How how excellent. Hey, Renee, answer answer this question for me if you would. You know, I went to one of your house concerts one uh-huh. um, some time right. ago. Right? Yeah, I remember. That, you remember? Well, I, you the two of you um, moved me so much in that concert and that time in the music that you have I I was weeping and I had to hide myself a couple of times and I haven't gone back and that's partly part of the problem or the reason but <laughs> but but tell me this I mean what what is it that's um, makes the connection between you and your audience so special how have you created that how what has happened I mean I I understand you know how you work in in Pollywog and the people uh, that come in the Dylan Fest and and uh, you know how people dress up and and everything and and even as Andy's speaking now you know people just yearn to to have you and your music how does that how has that happened you the connection between you and your, your audience well, well, thank you for those really kind words. Um, I think that um, there's probably several things, but I think part one thing is the the type of music we play. Um, you know, music uh, affords people the opportunity to access emotions uh, that they don't have the opportunity to normally in their daily life, especially if they're working and you know around people. And so I think that the types of music we play, a lot of, of that really gives that opportunity to people. Um, but these and, are not just you know, covers. Whether, these are also your songs, right? Right, right. Yes, yes. Thank you. Um, you know, from, you know, joy to, to sadness. Um, and I think that that's one of the great things music can do. And I also think that, you know, we have been playing together for so long that, the community that is built up around um, our music really connects with one another mm-hmm. and um, yeah. as well as with us. And I think that component is, is just as strong, if, if not even stronger than, than our part in it. You know, we're kind of the conduit. Mm-hmm. And so what it does is it affords people the opportunity to, to meet, get to know, um, be part of a family 
um, with all that families are, which is, you know, different ages, uh, different political persuasions, different um, occupations. And um, they have the music to sort of rally around and then deeper relationships and bonds form around that. And you all do that so well. I mean, you, you cover the, the generations and, and you cover the types of people and, and styles of music and bring everyone in. It's a remarkable thing and, and wonderful, Thank too. Thank you. It's true. Or, re- <laughs> or really buoyed by it, I'll tell you, you know, especially in situations um, like we've all been going through with musicians having their gigs just kind of ripped out from under us, you know, and right. of course, so many other people have, are in the same boat. And so um, I tell you, it's, it's been, um, I don't know about you, Andy, I'm sure you'd feel the same way, but it's just, it's been really kind of reconfirms the value of what we do, including I you, Jack, get that. obviously, I get that. Mm-hmm. you know, and how people, what it means to people. Mm-hmm. It, it has, Beyond, it has know, caused us really to think more deeply, I think. Uh, about what music means to us and how it affects us. I know that's true for me and for uh, the people that I'm playing for as well. Yeah. Yeah. Here's, here's what I found myself saying sometimes when something, something in the neighborhood of this question comes up is we never would have thought of this in advance, but it appears that what we do is an essential business. <laughs> I like that, and it's true. It's true. Like it, it, it would have, yeah. It would. It feels like I would never say that as a do I think it is, but the reaction that we've gotten from people, I, I don't know how other how how else to sort of rationalize or explain. I guess is a better word. Why. Week after week, it seems, you know, so necessary. I agree. And it's a humbling thing, too. I'm sure that you you feel that way. I, I like to say you, you just have to have music. And if you don't have music, it's just the clomping of feet. <laughs> <So>. Yeah. <laughs> My. Well, tell me this. Um, there are lots of things that we could talk about, your music in particular. And, and I had many, many questions. And perhaps you'll, you know, come and talk to me another time and we can talk about, you know, some of the details of your music and that. But... But what is it that you want to accomplish, the two of you together? I mean, you have so much success and you've, you've reached so many people and you continue to do so. But what, what is it that, what goals do you have in front of you that you want to do and the ways that you want to reach people? We're, we're, we're quite proud of the fact that we've managed to uh, um, sustain a 33-year career without yes. yet having made a plan. well it's we're not sure (laughs) i i i think you're being a little facetious but not entirely but um, my husband patrick is a is a life and business coach and several years ago i would say i think it was when um you know, after 9-11, when, um, you know, the economy really went down and like, we probably lost 40% of our gigs, you know, after that happened. And then we're trying to build it back up. And he had a, I mean, I had never done this before, 
Um, but we actually had um, a meeting and... And that concludes another episode of Real Talk with Jack Tracy. I hope you've enjoyed part one of my conversation with Andy and Renee. And part two, Don't Fear, is coming right up. Renee will begin telling us or continue telling us how much Patrick has meant to the success of the group, especially in designing the house concert, one of my favorite features of theirs. Also, if you would like to help keep these podcasts coming, please visit my website, jackshukulele.com, or you can leave me a donation at venmo.com, and that's slash jacktracy-12. And, of course, everyone knows PayPal. Just use my email address, jacktracy55 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm your host, Jack Tracy. And until next time, cheers to you.